Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. I feel like the Lord's kind of shifted me on something that I've been preparing some time back, but I believe I'll just go ahead and do it now. That's what I hear in my spirit. Is that all right with y'all? Matthew 16, Jesus is teaching his disciples. They're talking to him and he says something to the disciples. He says, who do men say that I am? They said, well, some say you're Elijah and some say you're one of the other prophets and all of those things. He said, well, then who do you say I am? And Peter said to Jesus, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. That's a powerful word, isn't it? That's in, uh, in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 16. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father, which is in heaven. That's a very powerful thing. He said, No one revealed that to you on the outside, but God spoke to you in your spirit. You had a revelation on the inside. How many of you are glad that God doesn't have to talk into your ear? Sometimes He'll talk right into your heart. He said, the Holy Spirit, the Heavenly Father, has revealed that unto you. Has anyone in here ever had God reveal something to you before? You ever had the Lord just reveal something? Where you know that God was speaking to you and it was a revelation from God. You know, I was talking to some ministers, this was several years ago, and I was just listening uh, at this particular juncture at a table And they were almost making fun of the fact that God will reveal things. And I'll never forget when I was in seminary uh, up at Oral Roberts University, I had one particular uh, professor who wasn't a bad person, but he actually was putting down the fact that God reveals things. And I was sitting there thinking, if Oral Roberts heard you uh, say that, you'd probably have just been your last day here. But uh, praise the Lord. Anyway, but he, he did. He was putting it down, the fact that God reveals. Uh, he gives knowledge and understanding beyond just the surface. The Spirit of the Lord will speak to you, and He'll tell you things and show you things, even things to come. He says to Peter right here, Peter, flesh and blood didn't tell you that, but my Father in heaven revealed it to you. He revealed it to you. If I've ever learned anything, I'm learning this more every day. That is, listen for the voice of the Holy Ghost. Listen for that. uh, 1 John 2 calls it that unction from God, that knowing in your spirit, an unction from God, a knowing in your spirit. Glory to God. An unction, uh, an effect, a move from God somehow an impact, uh, an impulse, an understanding that comes in your inner man, uh, an unction from the Holy One. Glory to God. You should be wise about who you run with. There's some really cool people in this world. And there's some really cruel people in this world. And you just need to ask God who your circle of of life is there. Who, who are you running with in life? Always use wisdom in those areas. And without being judgmental, you should pray 
and ask God to give you understanding. Is it okay if, if that person is around me a lot and I'm around them a lot? Listen, the reason is you're affecting someone and someone else is affecting you. Hallelujah. And you have to be wise yourself. Make sure that you're truthful with yourself. My dad's old saying was, son, you got to learn to be ruthlessly truthful with yourself. Uh, it's the way to continue to uh, evolve in your personality and in, in, uh, in everything that you are and everything you do. Just uh, critique yourself and believe what you're telling yourself. Are you listening to what I'm saying? What are the signs showing you? The number one sign that you have, of course, are your habits, are your cycles, your patterns that you're involved in. We are creatures of habit uh, because once we get into a habit, then it's almost all habits are a form of survival and uh, an existence. But that may not be the survival mode or the existent track that God wants you to be on. Can I get a better amen? So you always self-evaluate and then ask the Holy Ghost to give you an understanding. Praise the Lord. And just say, now, Lord, am I supposed to be in this particular role at this time? And then listen to the Lord. If he says yes, then say hallelujah. Uh, probably one of the most necessary things to learn in life is everything that you do is not something that you are supposed to do all of your life. There is a time sometimes to make a shift. Uh, and it's not a shift backwards. It will always, always be something that will step you up some way. Glory to God. Uh, there's two really important things to remember, I, I think, in, in, in everything in life, and that is your successes and your failures. Uh, and so I, I basically don't even like to use the term failure. I call everything a learning experience. Uh, I used to call it failure, but now I just call it a learning experience because it's not over till we succeed. So the effort may not have produced the desired results uh, initially, the ultimate result, but it might have shown me how to not get to that result so I can make a shift and get to the result that we're looking for. Instead of beating yourself up and putting yourself down and always saying, you know, Seems like what I try to do just never works out good. No, I'll just say, I keep learning a whole lot of ways how not to do that. <laughs> Whatever it is that I'm targeting toward, but I'm making a shift. Always, of course, uh, endeavor. I mean, I'm talking pretty abstract in that, but whatever it is you're dealing with, always try to equip yourself with as much knowledge as you can in dealing with anything uh, in life. But uh, the most important thing is, am I supposed to be dealing with that at all? And that's what you're listening for, that unction of the Holy Ghost. So uh, Jesus says to Peter, um, when you got that revelation, John didn't teach that to you. You didn't learn that one in the temple. He says, the Father in heaven told you that I am the anointed Messiah. I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, and it's on that rock that I am going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, Jesus only used the word church one time in the Bible. He only used it himself one time. And that's the place where he used it. Now, you'll see it, of course, in other places. But that's the only place you see where the head of the church used it. And he, uh, it's the Greek word, ekklesia. Everyone say, I'll never forget. Ekklesia. 
And the word ecclesia is an interesting word because it does mean to be called together. But it seems like God used that particular word there, especially in the time that he uh, wrote that, because in that day, the word ecclesia did not mean church as we know it today. The word ecclesia was a word that was used. Uh, Jerusalem and Israel was under the domination at that time of, of Rome. They were in a, they were basically in a horrific situation called slavery and in domination and occupation at that particular time. And as horrendous as all of that is, what we see it in the scripture where it also is still that way today. Uh, of course, in different countries, you see it. But anyway, Jesus is saying this to people that are under this oppression. And so this word had been uh, started getting to be popular, the ecclesia, because Rome, as Rome would begin to uh, expand its empire, the Roman empire was just going and going and taking over regions and, and continuing to expand. Well, they would take and put governors in these particular areas and the governors would have centurions who were under them, who oversaw many things that were there also. And so some of the governors, for instance, Pilate was a governor uh, uh, in the land right there. Herod, of course, had uh, a, a certain type of a role like that, but Pilate himself was a Roman governor. He was a man that was underneath uh, Caesar. And so as Caesar and, and the rest of uh, Rome would expand, they would take these people and give them uh, enormous uh, uh, authority and responsibilities in these particular uh, outposts as they were expanding. And of course, Jerusalem was there. And then periodically, Caesar would call all of his governors to come to a big meeting where they would discuss the things of Rome and they would, they would take an account of what was going on. And uh, in, those, uh, in those areas where they were sending their governors and their rulers out to. So they would, they would take their leaders and they would bring them in. And when they would bring them in, that big meeting that they would hold period, uh, periodically was called an ecclesia. Uh, and so Rome would say, all right, I'm calling you out of the uh, places out here where you've been stationed. And I want my leaders to ecclesia. Call them out and bring them in. Can I just say that Jesus, I wish this would sink into somebody's spirit right now. He said, on this rock that I can talk to you and tell you about things in the heavenly realm that cannot be known naturally in the natural realm. He said, it's on that rock that I am going to build my leaders and those that are going to be ruling and reigning with me in life through one Jesus Christ. He said, I will build my church. I, I, I think we should get a little higher understanding of who we are. Uh, we're not just, uh, just, just saints that are just trying to hold out to the end. Jesus never saw you that way, nor did he ever talk to, about you that way. Uh, Jesus says that you and I are the ones where he is establishing his kingdom and he is expanding it out one soul at a time. And right there where you are on your job and in our, in our church and in your family, God is raising up some leaders right there. Come on. The apostle Paul says that we are ambassadors for Christ. Come on. We are representatives from the home office. Glory to God. 
Jesus said, on the ability for me to speak to you long distance and give you a message, this is so good, that you can't get any other way. He said, it's on that ability, on that rock, I am going to expand heaven's empire. I'm going to expand my kingdom. That's why someone can be called by God into a, into a foreign country, into another area. And listen, they are an ambassador. They are a governor. They are a ruler. Oh, hallelujah. They are, it's the, the word in the Greek is real close to the word presbuteros. It's the word presbu, uh, presbuda, or not buddha, but buddha. And that particular word is a type of that word. It just means a leader. One who an oppressed Buddha-Ross would be like a spiritual leader. But he said, on this rock, I'll build my church. I'm going to establish men and women. Home office is heaven. And I'm expanding my kingdom in this generation Therefore, they understood what we don't understand. We think of church like, well, we're members of Abundant Life Christian Center. And we are because that's where we kind of bivouac together here, so to speak. You know, we get together and, and, and we go on holiday every time we come to the house of God. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. And we get together and rejoice and we do all of those things. And then we go where the Holy Ghost leads us every day or where he has stationed us in life. And we are his ambassadors everywhere we go. And on the ability to hear from the Holy Ghost, it's on that revelation of who Jesus is. That's how God expands his church. And the gates of hell. Oh, my goodness. The one that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. That word gate is an interesting word. And excuse me for not having the Greek right on top of my head right here, but I can get it for you, I promise you, quick. But anyway, it just means a place of entry. It means a place of entry. Now, in the cities, when Jesus starts talking about a place of entry like that, it's also a place where commerce was done. It's a place oftentimes where... Maybe the, um, uh, I don't know, oftentimes some of the elders and the leaders of the city, the council that was in the city, many times would meet in the gates in the main areas because these were wall cities. And of course, they would have uh, the ability to close the gates at night. And they would have the ability to have access to and from. I mean, God doesn't have a problem with building walls. I mean, I just was reading this all this month about his city, and that thing's got a 1,500-mile wall around it, four square. Hallelujah. Those people are just dying to get in. That's going to sink in real good. Oh, hallelujah. Anyway. <laughs> You don't know what's running through my mind and I'm not about to say it right now. So it's just so important for us to see that there are places where the gates of hell, that doesn't mean the entry into hell necessarily. It's a word there that also means the, the counsel of hell, the ways of hell, 
the plans of hell, the traps of hell, the gates of hell. That's an interesting word. In my experience, in my short experience, and in almost 65 years now being on this great earth, here's what I found out. That was y'all's point to say, man, you don't look near that old, but it's too late. No, no, it's too late. It's too late. I know I don't look a day over 64, I know. And so he said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know, in, in Galatians chapter 3, in Galatians 3, and you don't have to turn to it, but they'll pop it up on the screen. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. Put it up there if you would, please. In Galatians 3, uh, the scripture says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Man, that's a word right there. Uh, everybody say who. Say it again. Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before uh, whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently or plainly and clearly set forth, crucified among you? It's important to understand that. He was saying that uh, many times we, we have a tendency to say the devil is doing something. But over and over in the scriptures, it's not the devil, it's a who. It's a person. Uh, how about Romans 8 says, who shall separate us from the love of God? Who is he that condemns? Who, 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 who? It appears to me that every time God wants to help elevate you in something, I don't know about every time, but most of the time it appears that when God is trying to add something to your life and elevate something in your life, he introduces a who into your life. And you can be sure every time hell is trying to stop you, condemn you, put you down, talk bad about you, hold you to your yesterday, always uh, deny what you're saying God is doing in your life. It's not a what that's doing that. It's a who. Hell will try to introduce someone to bring a spirit of condemnation or guilt or, or temptation. Am I preaching okay right now? There are plenty of gates uh, and that's how hell will try to get into someone's life. That's why you need that unction of the Holy Ghost. Imagine Jesus talking to people, and I want you to, I, I, I want you to expand your thought here with me just for a moment, and, and I won't keep you long on this, but I want you to hear it. We've gotten this idea that Jesus was not in, in a political manner. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about Republicans and Democrats or Libertarians or anything like that. God forbid we got any socialists in here. But I'm just telling you, look, if you're a socialist, I know a bunch of churches that probably would love to have you get up and testify on that, and you're welcome to come here, but you're going to be real upset with me over that before it's over with. That's nothing but the spirit of Antichrist. Uh, totally contrary to the Word of God. Man, I'm preaching good. Lord, don't make me have to do that. Y'all better not stir me up. I'll do it too. It's kin to it big time. It's a strong delusion. Strong delusion. Strong delusion. Ooh, Lord. The gates of hell, that's a powerful term in the scriptures. Uh, the gates of hell. The gates. Because those gates almost always are openings that come because of a who. Uh, that's why you need to have an understanding of that unction or that revelation ability that God has, especially when you're not necessarily in the house of God, but when you're out there on your own. 
You're, you're, you're out in an area where there's not other men and women of faith around you where uh, they, they just help you be stronger all the time and you're helping someone else be stronger and everybody I trust has somebody like that in your life or somebody's in your life like that. But Jesus, in his language, would have been considered very political. That's why they were able to bring a charge against him in that day. Uh, not that he was trying to have a physical overthrow but his terms that he used oftentimes were the terms that violated the control that Rome, and even worse than that, that, uh, that the Jews were trying to do uh, and holding people back under the law. And so his terms, the Apostle Paul used those terms all the time. And Paul, of course, had been in the Sanhedrin, according to historians. He was in the Sanhedrin, which we would call the Congress the ones who actually passed the laws and the fulfillment of the laws, which uh, uh, would be like the House of Representatives. There were 70 in the Sanhedrin. Those were the 70 that came online when God uh, spoke. To, he actually put it into uh, effect uh, when God spoke to Moses and said, you need to get 70 people that will counsel you. And they kept that, uh, that system going on. And so that's how the Sanhedrin came about. And the apostle Paul was one of those people. And he was a young, uh, a younger man at that particular time. And he's just like on a rocket going up the political ladder. And God chose him, which I've always thought was interesting. But imagine Jesus talking, knowing that he's going to go away. And he's waiting to just kind of reveal this whole thing. And he says to Peter, Peter, Finally, I've got somebody that understands it, that I'm going to be in heaven before long. And the Father in heaven right now knows how to talk to you right here like he's looking at you face to face. And he will reveal truth to you. And sometimes it's truth that might even put you at risk. Because for him to say that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, they thought, that when the Messiah came, that the Messiah would be a political leader because that's how that entire thing had been prophetically taught and it had really had moved away from uh, the, the, the pure purpose of what uh, the Lord had spoke through Abraham and then through Moses and, and, and on and on, and Isaiah especially. So it's important to get that. So Jesus is using those same terms. And he's just saying to him, listen, God's going to speak to you. He has spoke to you. And that's what I can build my kingdom upon. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. And here we are today in 2019. And today the Holy Spirit does not just come on us. Oh, glory to God. He comes in us. And listen, we do not have to be bewitched. What a word. That's a beautiful Greek word. It's about that long. So I'm not going to bore you with the word. But here's what I can tell you. It literally means to cause the thoughts of one person to, to persuade another person to believe their thoughts contrary to your thought. To cause you to believe my thought contrary to your own thought. So you will change. It's a form of witchcraft. And so manipulation. Can I have a better amen? amen. Don't even get me going on spiritual witchcraft. Look, there's some marriages that operate on nothing but manipulation and uh, not an abundant life, but, uh, but uh, I better not go there either. <laughs> See, I need to do a lot of seminars, I can tell already. <laughs> it's important to get that. And he says, who, who bewitched you? 
Who caused you to change believing in Jesus and who manipulated you in such a persuasive way that you stopped believing the truth? Listen, the truth is the truth. It never changes. A, A lie, of course, will ultimately die out. But a truth always lives on and on and on and on and on. Jesus is the truth. Come on. He is the way. Somebody shout hallelujah. It's extremely important for us to be led by the Holy Ghost. Come help me, Sergio. The scripture says, upon this rock, I will build my church. The ability of the Spirit of God, the ability of Jesus, the ability of the Father to speak to you and put his kingdom inside of you now and establish you. And and the very fact that God talks to you, the fact that God is talking to you tells you that you're one of his ambassadors. You're one of his governors. You're one of his leaders. You're one of those that he's setting up to rule and reign in this life through one Christ Jesus, the Bible says. How many of you are glad? Listen, I'm not making this up. You are the head and not. I said you're the head and not. No, you didn't get it. You are the head and not. You are not the tail. No, you're one of the leaders. You're one of the governors. You're one of the rulers. Yes, we're sons and daughters with Jesus Christ. Listen, but we are his ecclesia. We are the ones that he has stationed. Have you ever wondered why you're in the place you are right now? I mean, look, I promise you, I had California on my mind 35 years ago. There was something about California. I'm so glad I didn't go there before I turned 40 because I don't know if I would have ever come home if I had. But I just had this idea, this thought about California. Uh, I think it was the weather, like no mosquitoes and humidity changes and stuff. And I'd heard about all of the sunshine and it never rains. And I, and I always liked the Beach Boys. And so when I was a kid, I don't like them near as much today. But anyway, I would hear that music and it was always attractive and I was always wanting to go there. And I'd bounced around and bounced around in some areas. I mean, I was doing good. God was blessing me and all of those things. But I always had this other thing. And one day... I got called by the Holy Ghost to come to the very epicenter of humidity. Mosquitoes, oyster shells, seagulls, and water that glows green at night. Hurricanes. (laughs) I'm like, Lord. But you know, sometimes God prepares you for what he has prepared for you. And I used to wonder why I was there. But then I understood years later that I'm an ambassador. I'm a governor. I'm a ruler. I'm a leader. Is anybody understand for Jesus? You understand what I'm saying? And God knows how to station you. You wonder why you're on that job right now? Because God has stationed you somewhere. And you're part of his ecclesia. You're part of his leadership. And we gather together here in the New Testament church and we bless the Lord and we hear the voice of God uh, either when we're out there or we hear it when we're united together. And the megaphone of God just seems to go off on the inside the more when two or more of us get together. 
And we can just begin to hear so much clearer oftentimes. Have you ever noticed that when you're in the house of God, a message could be uh, being spoke and God all of a sudden is talking to you about something for yourself way over here? I mean, I wonder how many times in my short uh, 40 years now of pastoring uh, in, in, in different ministries that I've had people come to me and say, you were teaching the word of God. And you remember when you said this and that and the other and this and that, I went back and listened to the tape. I didn't say anything close to that. <laughs> Remotely close. But when I was talking, there was another voice inside of my voice that was talking in their inner man. I'm talking in their ear and God's talking in their inner man. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And so it's important to be led and let the Spirit of God reveal, reveal things to you. Be led by the Holy Ghost. And let the Spirit of God reveal some things to you. Reveal some things. God knows what's coming down the line. God knows what's coming down the line. Years ago, the Holy Ghost had me buy a piece of property down here. So he bought that 86, 87 acres on the corner. Swamp land, flood plain, and mosquito nursery. I didn't know for sure what we were going to do with it. I thought, well, maybe we'll build a Bible school. Maybe we'll build a youth facility. I'm not sure. I just know. I feel the Holy Ghost said to it. I didn't know we were going to go through hurricanes. I didn't know that uh, there was going to be some issues take place. I didn't know that in one year, we'd lose $1 million worth of income in tithe and offering in the church in one year because of a, re a rebellion thing that kind of took place. And uh, that is neither here nor there today, but still that was years ago. And, you know, if in just one moment you lose a million dollars in yearly income, I don't care what church you are. That makes a difference. I'm sitting in my office. I'm careful how I tell these stories because somebody will twist them around and get them wrong. I'm sitting in my office. Two men walk in, never heard them, never met them, never anything. Wasn't a for sale sign out, anything else. Two men walked in. One's a banker, one's an attorney. And they wanted a meeting, so they came into the office and they said, I uh, understand, you know, the church owns that property down there? I said, yes. They looked it up on the county stuff and they said, would you be interested in selling it? We had paid, uh, I believe it was 348000 if I'm not mistaken, for that 87 acres, plus or minus. Right I believe that's how much it was. That's how inexpensive that land was. They walked in and they said, would you be interested in selling that land? I mean, this was... Five minutes into me saying, hello, how are you? They won't know if we'd sell that piece of property. I said, what do you want to put on? They said, well, we think we're going to build some houses. We like to build and stuff and do some stuff like that. I said, well, come back and see me in three days. It's a true story. Come see me in three days. So I prayed about it. And in three days, they came back. And they said, I said, we, we, we'll entertain it. They said, how much would you have to have for it? I said, we'll take $2 million. They never even negotiated. They just shook my hand and said, we'll take it. Bam, paid us $2 million. God knows what's coming down the line and he knows how to recover and restore. Hallelujah. I think I was talking to a couple of people in the church here, a couple of the leaders in the church. If I'm not mistaken now, I believe 19 times now, the Lord has used me to do some kind of a contract since I've been the pastor of this church for over $1 million on different things that have been a blessing to the house of God. Hallelujah. Y'all looking at me like a calf at a new gate. 
There, there's an unction that comes from God. You say, oh, that must, you must really be smart. You ought to do seminars on how to do that. Here's how you do it. You ready? Here's how you do it. Here's my seminar. Here's my seminar. What, Holy Ghost? What did you say? That piece of land? Really? Okay. Bam. Hallelujah. God knows how to make a way where there seems to be no way. I said, God can make a way. And the Lord knows your tomorrow and your yesterday all at the same time. And as a leader of a great church, you, you, don't, you don't build great churches like this in a little town like Lamarck unless the Holy Ghost is helping you. Come on, he's helping us. You understand what I'm saying? And if God, uh, those things are, they're, they're like signatures. It's like God saying, see, I'll bless you. You just do what we say do. We'll, we'll bless you. You'll see it take place. And that's what the Lord will do over and over and over and over. And he'll do that. If he'll do that for the church, he'll do that for us individually. This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, men and women I found are so generous when the word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, it would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.